Are you recording now? I am recording now. Me, 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 me. Hello. And welcome. To episode 12. Of? Punk. Ghost. Pod. How was that? That was completely unscripted. It was. I thought you were going to keep going, but that's okay. Episode 12 of Punk Goes Pod, the podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes series. And in this week's episode, we will be discussing your favourite, one of your favourite, definitely one of your favourites. Absolutely one of my favourites. Taylor Swift as covered by, Taylor Swift performing Blank Space as covered by I Prevail. This is correct. It is correct. So I- I've suddenly like super aware of my breathing and like any noises I'm making. So yeah, that's just a thing that's happening for me right now. Anyway. And now the listeners super aware of our breathing, and from each episode on, they're going to be like, "Oh man, they're doing it again. They're yep. they're breathing. How dare they breathe? They you're, can't breathe." You're welcome. You know what we should just do? We should just put in that program that has, as we learnt on the weekend, that can actually imitate people's voices now, and we just oh, type and we upsetting. just type that up. We just type it up. Have a robot perform as us. That's upsetting. I don't like that we can do that. Yeah, no, that's freaky. Yeah. That's a little bit too much. Mm. I'm I'm still waiting, well, even though like it's sort of new. At some point, we're just going to have dead celebrities in films with the deepfake stuff. Yeah. And yeah, well, we've already got, what, holograms of people? Yeah, and they've already, they've done ads with dead celebrities. Yeah. So, you know, at what point are we going to be able to see... I don't know who's a who's a famous celebrity now. Chris Hemsworth and um, Heath Ledger in a movie together. Mm. And if you hear some commotion, that is our wigged out three legged boy, because he has decided that at nine o'clock at night, this is a good time to start acting a fool. And he's jumping on a very precariously stacked stack of CDs and DVDs. So I'm. I yeah, I'm equal parts like scared and intrigued of what's going to happen next because that would be pretty funny, but I'm, also it would be a pain in the ass. I'm also equal parts wanting to disclose our postal address so that I can just say, "Hey, these are there's some DVDs that are just going to be sitting outside. Come and take them." I also don't want to disclose my postal address, so no, you're not going to do that. No, I know I'm not going to, but that's <laughs> just like get rid of these DVDs out of my house already, please. So, before we started recording, we agreed that we were going to try and keep this as tight as possible. <laughs> I think it's. I think this has actually been some good listening. Yeah? Yeah. Well, there you go. We spoke about, we, we said who we are, we spoke about what we're going to be talking about, and we're putting in a sort of entertaining introduction mm. to the episode. But how's your week been? It's been good. Nothing good. to report, really. Good. What about you? You mean besides getting to live out my fantasy of being a goose? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Untitled Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game is a game on the Nintendo Switch and I believe PC created by local boys and girls, uh, House House Games from Melbourne. And it is exactly that. You're, you play as a goose and it's a stealth game. And you, if you know anything about geese, they're dicks. So It's delightful. I never knew how much I needed a game where I could just be just a asshole of a goose. It definitely beats cat lateral damage. Cat lateral yeah. damage was kind of fun. That's another one where you play as a cat and the 
object of the game is to just knock stuff over. Mm. You know, it was fine, but Untitled Goose Game is great. Oh, so good. And I just love how the internet has just taken it and run with it. Oh, I know. I've already read the most fantastic piece by Daniel Ortberg, where he basically writes a monologue on behalf of the goose about how evil the goose is. And it's just probably the best piece of writing I've ever... Well, not ever. It's beautiful. It's so good. It's, yeah, it's up there with the um, the guy who wrote about just playing the boys are back in town on a jukebox. So <laughs> those would be my top two pieces of writing ever. They're just so wonderful. So, yeah, I love that Untitled Goose Game is spawning just some incredible literature, among other things. I still have to show you what happens when you honk at the boy in the town, but... We can do that after we've recorded. Oh, uh, we're recording. This is 9.14 at night, so we're probably not going to. Ah, well, yeah. Yeah. I don't have to be up in the morning. Because... Oh, yes. Someone yeah. has time off. Yes. But... Deservedly so. That is irrelevant. It is. How was your week? Yeah, besides Untitled Goose Game, just it's busy. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of work. Good. Yeah, and that's about it. Well, they, ah, our son is fiddling with our laundry, which is hanging up in our studio, otherwise known as our second of two bedrooms. It's the laundry studio. Yes. Slash storage room. Yeah, it's just the all-purpose room, but this is comedy poison, so I think yeah, we this is now it's starting to to dip. Yes, we had it tight for about three minutes. Did we though? I think so. That's very kind of you. So, Taylor Swift, my girl Taylor. The last time we checked in with her, we were covering the song "You, you Belong, Belong with, with Me." We made a few flubs in terms of factual stuff because I didn't do my research. But I think Sam, you can agree that I have. Oh, you've, you've absolutely made up for it this time. You've hit it out of the park. I am very proud of myself. So I fear this will be a pretty lengthy episode but i think taylor deserves it honestly what was once a blank space on the ipad on the tablet is now brimming with information and knowledge it certainly is and boss has something to say he has approached the microphone again speak no he won't Ah. he wants to bite the cord instead yes can you at least purr or something give the give the listeners what they want you're so aloof. I want blood. Hey. I want your soul. <laughs> Again, another side note, but I think everyone needs to know, Boss got his nails clipped at the vet the other day, and there was a very delightful moment where the vet was looking for his non-existent fourth leg, <laughs> and that just tickled me <laughs> to no end. But anyway, so... Yes, we last checked in with Tay-Tay for her song, You Belong With Me. At the time, we were talking about just the rumblings, well, not really the rumblings, like the midpoint, I guess, of a debacle between her and her ex-record label, Big Machine Records. Um, She was very upset that she'd lost ownership of, well, no, she never had it, but she never like she lost the opportunity to own her masters down the line yeah understandably and, so yeah. understandably that she's upset yeah. yes 
And it sparked a lot of debate. A lot of people were sort of like, well, them's the breaks. Like, if you become a musician and you want to have a record deal, that's probably going to happen. But then the likes of Prince, may he rest in peace, said, uh, if you don't own your masters, your masters own you. So mm. it's it was a divisive issue. Uh, still is, obviously. But, yeah, I think since we last talked about Taylor, we can more or less determine she's doing okay. She released her seventh album, Lover, on August 23rd on Republic Records. And we are pleased to report that she actually owns the masters for this one. Good for you, Taylor. Absolutely. You go, girl. And this was a special album in that she really sort of took the reins in terms of the writing, that kind of... Like, she still had co-writers and things, but it is very unmistakably her. Like, this was her first chance to sort of be like, I am not beholden to what my record label people want me to do. Like, I'm just doing whatever I want. And it really shows. And it is delightful. So you would say that she's the only one of her? Yes. Baby, that's the fun of her. I really don't like that song. But fun we're not talking about that song. Fun fact, they re- removed the spelling is fun line from the final cut, which is pretty funny. They just essentially retconned it because everyone was like, this is shit. But anyway... So, at the time of recording this episode, uh, Lover is already certified gold in Australia and New Zealand, and is certified silver in the UK. It's already topped the US Billboard and Rolling Stone charts, and has also reached number one in Australia, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, Canada, Argentina, Belgium, Estonia, Norway, Sweden, and Portugal, to name just a few places. You go, Estonia. Absolutely. And the final check-in point that I am delighted by, she has also announced that she will gradually begin re-recording her masters for all of her old albums. That's going to be really interesting to see, especially the old stuff, if, um, you know, her country stuff, Mm. how that's going to be... Because I assume she's not going to then pick up an acoustic guitar and go back to playing country. I assume it's going to be... It's going to be her old songs with a pop tinge to it i don't know i possibly because uh, if you're not changing it up then what are you really doing how you're recording your masters so that you own them but then you've got one song that sounds the same as the other song that is the same song Mm. one person owns it and the other person owns the other one or you could come come back around and go i'm gonna make these songs better i'm gonna make these songs more profitable or more popular and fuck the people that own the the old versions. Yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know. I'm not in her brain, so I can't say what I would do if I was her, but... I'm a real dum-dum, but, like, following this whole Masters debacle, I finally understood what it means when an album has been remastered. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just assumed it meant, like, they had gone into the studio and just polished it up a bit. No. 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 So... It's re-recording it. Yeah, but that's what I, like, I just assumed it was, like, how, I don't know, they'll release an old, like, Disney video, video, (laughs) a Disney film where they've, like, cleaned up the animation and stuff. Like, they've rejigged it. See, I I can't remember, because there is remake and remaster. Yeah. And so, like, I think it's it's a HD remaster when a... 
PS2 or a PS3 game comes out onto the PS4. Yeah. So how Nino Kuni came has been re-released onto the PS4. That was a PS3 game. Yeah. I think that's a remaster. Yeah. But then, so Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. my favorite game in the whole entire world. I adore that game, and that's getting a HD remake. Oh. They made that. They're making that game from the ground up. That's cool. It's the same game, story wise. The gameplay is different, but like it's a game that's from twenty two years ago. So like, yeah. it looks incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, how it's sort of a remastered is different in game terms as mm. opposed to music terms. I guess. Yeah, but I guess that's kind of like how you know you get some bands that will do like a new version of the song it's usually always terrible yeah or like the demo version of a song you know when you get like bonus tracks oh so like a demo makes sense because that's the song before it was the song yeah but yeah like it finally clicked that yeah whenever a band does a remastered album it's re-recorded i don't know i I just assumed there was, like, an, a musical equivalent of Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am quite stupid sometimes. You are not. I just, um... So I imagine that if she's doing that, then that's probably going to mean that this, that Lover is going to be her most recent album for a while. She's probably not going to release. Yeah. Unless she's really just... And she probably is just really busy. She generally, like, because before Reputation, she generally operates on, I think, a two-year album cycle. So, like, every two years she'll have an album out. So, like, she works pretty friggin' hard. Mm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, she hasn't explained the logistics. She's just been like, yeah, I'm doing this, so. That's what my boys in the Black Dahlia Murder do, except for... I haven't heard any... We're in October... Or we're just about in October. I haven't heard anything about a new album, and they should be at that two-year point where they release a new album. Oh come on, boys! Times are wasting. So Sam's eagerly waiting. What's going on? I well, their last show though, they played primarily their new album, Nightbringers, which is a good album, very mm-hmm. good. But it's like I also want to hear the you know the hits. Yeah. But yes. Um... Taylor is doing just fine. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, that's... Like, it, it is awesome that she's going to redo the songs. Mm-hmm. Again, I think do it do it in what's popular now. Like, It'll be cute even just to see... Like, I remember... Oof. I think it was the Red Tour, if not... Yeah, it must have been the Red Tour, I think. She did... Like, when I went to see it, she played... Um, Oh my god, what's it called? Sparks Fly, which is like one of her older ones, which is sort of beginning to lapse over into more like country pop as opposed to straight country, but still very like twangy Nashville kind of. Yeah. And even just the way she enunciated you as opposed to like, because it used to be like, because I see Sparks Fly whenever you, like just a very sort of twangy accent, Mm. but then she... Her diction has changed. And so it was like, whenever you... Like, just a Mm. very... So it'll just be really cute to see all those little, like, changes between young Taylor and, what, 30-year-old Taylor. Well, she's my age, 1989. She sure is. Although, I think she's still 29. I think she turns 30 in December. So, okay, we're splitting hairs here. 
We're born in the same year. Anyway. I'm sure she remembers me. We all, every person from your birth year, you all have like a psychic link. Why are you being mean? I'm not being mean. I thought I was being, <laughs> I was trying to be funny. <laughs> I, is there a fine line between me being funny and mean, is there? Mm, I guess it's similar to when I, when you make a noise and I make that same noise and I think I'm being funny, but you find it mean. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, I think we should pause for a minute and play a snippet of Blank Space, but not too much in case we get sued. Do you want to get sued? (laughs) So, I think the first dot point that we'll cover off here, I'll let you talk about this one. You noted in our show notes, perhaps a short moment to share the anecdote about hearing this every hour while driving around New Zealand. So we went to New Zealand the summer of 2015, as you know, my lovely fiance is a Kiwi. Mm -hmm. And we traveled around the North Island of New Zealand because one, New Zealand kicks ass. It certainly does. It's a beautiful country and two, free accommodation. Yeah, my family is just dotted all over the North Island, so we were set in terms of... That was the cheapest holiday. I was so happy. Oh, it was so good. (sighs) So good. Yeah. But, but, so, what album was this from? Uh, 1989. 1989. So, 1989 had come out, you know, a few months earlier. So, this was the single at the time, and... I was hearing this song on the radio because we drove everywhere. We did. And well, we didn't you have... drove everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I slept a lot. Yeah. So you didn't hear it nearly <laughs> as much as I did. But we'd have the radio on because we didn't have our phones connected to the car. We didn't have CDs or anything. So all we had was the radio. Yes. And so this played all the time. Mm-hmm. Ellie Goulding's... Um, Love Me Like You Do. Love Me Like You Do played all the time. And Bruno Mars... Uptown Funk played all the time. And sometimes you'd get the three of them together. I think I distinctly remember a part where we were driving through the Kaimais on the North Island and the radio reception was pretty bad because it's just very hilly, sort of. (laughs) And so, like, we were listening to Blank Space. The radio started to, like, fuzz out. And I was like, ah, crap. So I, like, fiddled around with the knobs to change the radio station. I think the next station was playing Blank Space as well. I was just like, yeah! (laughs) You have no idea the relief. I don't know if you remember, you might have been asleep, but changing the channels, and at some point, and it might have been just like a Tuesday, but (laughs) someone on one of the the New Zealand radio stations was playing punk. Oh, hell yeah. So all I remember them playing was Mill and Collins' No Cigar, and I was like, fuck Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> not just because not just because I I love uh, Penny Bridge Pioneers, the album by Mill and Colin, and mm-hmm. No Cigar, the opening track to Penny Bridge Pioneers. Not because I think that's a sweet album and a sweet song, but just the fact that they weren't playing one of those three songs. It's just like, yes, get it in my ears, please. <laughs> You're not paying attention because you slept half the way through the, the trip. So. I'm just a sleepy person well you know now you can share the driving duties i certainly can and you can do some sleeping but you just don't sleep unless you're supposed to be sleeping i don't get it i can sleep in cars but i also like to look out the window (laughs) so yes that was quite a time and having taylor soundtrack it literally every day with the same song was 
and <laughs> just elevated it to the next level. I just remember at your grandparents' place and the um the film clip to what was the next single? The style? you've got that James yeah James, style yeah. yeah. So that comes out and you were so excited. I'm like, <sighs> it was the same thing. It was the same sentiment that I was feeling as when you kept playing Richard Smash Mouth. <laughs> The same sentiment that Cassie and I, our old roommate, was feeling like just, oh, it's fucking smash mouth again. Too much in a week. I I love too hard. That's all I can say. <laughs> I, I absolutely just run what I love into the ground. So be warned. I was going to say something, but I probably shouldn't. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and guess that it was going to be bad. Um, we'll just delete it. I was going to say like four-year-old me or five-year-old oh, me no, and the no, guinea no, pig. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's why I said we'll delete it. But yes, plenty, plenty of times I heard this song in New Zealand. If we were doing this podcast five years ago and it was straight off the back of that, I'd say I fucking hate this song. But <laughs> get yourself ready. This is on recorded device. I'm going to say something to you now, and I don't want you to gloat. I don't want you to be smug. Can you sure. promise to not be smudge? I can promise to not be smudge. And arrogant? And arrogant. This is a good song. I had my fingers crossed while I said that, so I'm going to mock you. You dog eats. <laughs> um, so before we go into what you like about it, because I do want to hear about it in length, I think we should just cover off the details to do with the song and also the video. So, do you want to take this or do you want me to do it? Look, she's your girl. This is true. So, as we noted earlier, so Blank Space was released in 2014 and is off Taylor's fifth album, 1989. Uh, It is notably produced by Max Martin and Shellback, who we've talked about before. Um, they are that brilliant that I'm just going to keep talking about them at length whenever we mention them, I'm sure. But they also have writing credits for the song. And this particular pair have collabed on three of Taylor's seven albums to date. Um, on Red, they collabed on three of seven singles, so We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, I Knew Were Trouble, and 22... For 1989, this album, they worked on six of the seven singles, so being this one, obviously, Style, Shake It Off, Bad Blood, Wildest Dreams, New Romantics, and then for her previous album, Before Lover, Reputation, they worked on four of the seven singles, being Ready For It, Endgame, Delicate, and Gorgeous. So, all massive hits, and there's a reason why they did so well, outside of it being Taylor Swift, as they know how to craft a ridiculously good pop song. You remember a couple of weeks ago how I said, you know what this podcast is, and then I proceeded to then explain to the listener what the podcast was? Yeah. <laughs> you basically did the same thing for Max Martin and Shellback. Like, you know who they are, but I'm going to continue talking <laughs> about them. <laughs> We're both just the worst kind of people. And I'm starting to come to terms with that. I think I'm so- sort of at peace with it. But who have they also collaborated with? So, outside of our girl Taylor and her incredible body of work, they have collaborated on some other excellent songs. So, 
They've worked with Britney Spears on If You Seek Amy 3 and I Wanna Go. They've worked on Usher, his single. <laughs> They've worked on Usher. They've just been, like, coaching him and mentoring him. and They've just been, yeah, giving him some uh, some sage business advice. Yeah. Some financial advice. <laughs> yeah, this is how you get your 401k, whatever the hell a 401k oh, is. I still don't know. 401,000. <laughs> but anyway, they collaborated on Usher's single, DJ Got Us Fallen In Love, which is such a good song. They worked on Pink's Raise Your Glass. They worked on... Oh, my God. My heart just sank because Boss is fiddling with something and I thought someone was opening our door. I was like, no one knows how to open the door. Anyway. He's leaving a deposit at the bank. Ah. Uh... All right, I'll do it after this. All right. Anyway. um, <laughs> They have collaborated on Robin's Time Machine. They have collaborated on Avril Lavigne's What the Hell... They have also worked on some slightly shittier singles, including Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling, which was done for the Trolls movie, <laughs> and Katy Perry's Bon Appetit, which is just the weirdest, like, openness. Well, actually, no, it would have been the second single for her album Witness, but that whole era was just a bit of a mess, to be honest. Which era was that? The Witness era, where she... her hair... Oh, was that where she cut her hair? Yeah, which, like, all power to you, but just generally it was all a bit... It didn't look like... It didn't look like powerful, like, yes, I've cut my hair. It just looked like you've now become a soccer mom. Yeah. I don't know. It was a tough time. And we can delete that. No, <laughs> it's fine. It's, but it, it was, like, like they, they talk about Pink, and, like, Pink has always... Has Pink always had short hair? Mm, more or less. But she looks cool with her short hair. Yeah. Her short hair looks cool, and it's part of her look. And when Katy Perry did it again, it just looked like... Hey, you just look like you want to speak to my manager. <laughs> but yes. Um, so, yeah, they have made some good shit. Uh, in terms of how Blank Space performed, it reached number one in Australia on the ARIA charts. It reached number one in Canada, Finland, Iceland, Scotland, South Africa, Taiwan, and a heap of US billboard charts. Uh, including the Hot 100, the Adult Contemporary, and the Mainstream Top 40. Uh, it was certified platinum in New Zealand, Italy, and the United Kingdom. It was certified eight times platinum in the US. It was certified five times platinum in Australia, and certified four times platinum in Canada. Just to name a few of those credentials again, she really is an overachiever. Yeah, yeah, when she puts something out, it just, it nails it. yeah. It just, it reaches heights. Yep. Which, no, I'm not going to say she's the only one that, that still sort of does that, but, you know, I feel like it's getting, I could be wrong, getting rarer and rarer, though, that someone brings something out and it just keeps on. I Yeah, I think that quality of, like, consistently hitting it out of the park, like, over and over again, like, there's always going to be the heavyweights that do it, but they are starting to become fewer in numbers i think but the fact that she's at what seven albums yeah and it's still like you just you just you just mentioned like how ridiculously well it's done yeah you know yeah and it's seventh seventh album you know what a legend um on a slightly trivial note uh swift also trademarked a couple of phrases from the song so if you wanted to slap nice to meet you where you've been, or could show incredible things onto a piece of merch and sell it, you could not. 
So it wasn't as trivial as when Paris Hilton trademarked, that's hot. <laughs> I think my favourite Paris photo is... Uh, it's either that's hot or I'm hot on the front of a shirt that she's wearing. And then the paps have got her from the back and it says you're not, but it's spelled Y-O-U-R. Like, you're not, instead of you are not. Yeah. And it just... Such a pivotal moment in the 2000s, I reckon. <laughs> and she's a DJ now, and apparently not a very good one. <sighs> she's living her best life. Like, uh, Are you telling me she never lived her best life? Yeah, this is true. You're telling me this girl who was, you know, raised into money was never living her best life? This is a very true point. Yes. Um, One more note to do with the song that I wanted to note, and I've just put in the show notes in capitals. Pitbull Remix! Um... Apparently, shortly after the single was released, Pitbull released a remix of the song on SoundCloud, but then he pulled it. (laughs) And that news simultaneously ruined my day. And actually, no, it ruined my day in two two different ways. Like, it ruined my day to know that that existed, and then it ruined my day to know that I couldn't hear it. How many times in it do you reckon he counted once in English and, and then again in Spanish? I think it's more of... just the Mr. Worldwide. Just similar to DJ Khaled. I was always like, another one, but like... Yeah. I I really... I The only thing I know about Pitbull is the, the whole one, two, three, four, unos, dos, yeah. tres, cuatro. He also name-checks himself a lot. Mr. Worldwide. Okay. Well, see, I didn't know that he was... He called himself Mr. Worldwide. There you go. <sighs> I th- Mr. Worldwide would like to have a word with you about that, I think. Anyway, before we... I could see your brain starting to form a skit for that. <laughs> we don't have time. We need to just keep No, going. my brain is desperately trying to, and it's not. <laughs> it's just... It's not. Um, do you want me to keep talking? Do you want to take these? Uh, you keep going. All right. Oh, like, how about we, we discuss what we think about the song? Then we'll move on to the video. Okay. Yes. So, to give you some airtime, what do you think of the song? So, I've written out... I've, I've, I've grabbed myself a, a thick notepad, <laughs> and I've written out some actual notes because I want it to actually seem like I have some eloquence and some actual thoughts that aren't more than just, this is good, this is bad, I don't like it. Yes. And I'm going to share these actual eloquent musings of mine. I believe that there's a warmth to the drums. Sounds like the slight static when you connect the stylus on a record player to a vinyl. It's not overpowering, but it stills, but it still carries the song. I was listening to it in headphones, and that's why I was getting that mm-hmm. sort of effect. I like it better when you read your notes just in your normal voice. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, she's she remains the main focus. Because as she should. Yes. Um, but I was kind of thinking, like, it's sort of also... And again, don't take this in the wrong way. I've already said that this is a good song. Mm. And if I'm saying it's a good song, that means I'm saying I like the song. Yes. It has a kind of empty feel to it, though. Sure. Um, Like, the percussion is there, but, like, there's soft keyboards, softer guitar chords in the chorus. Mm-hmm. But... She fills most of this song with, with mostly her voice. I feel. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> but no, like, 
there's not like there's a constant guitar and bass and everything. It's a lot of it. You don't reckon? No, because there is a guitar underlay. There is a guitar in the chorus. There's no guitar in the verse. I don't know. I think I have a skewed view on it because I also have a habit of listening to the karaoke versions of her albums because they make excellent focus music. Okay. So to me, I'm just hearing the backing track and being like, that's nonsense, but... But see, I'm saying that you, because of what she does, you don't feel as though it's lacking in anything. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to it and go, it's hollow. I just, I listen to it and go, I'm not getting much else instrumentally. Like, it's all, it's there. Yeah. It's kind of understated compared to her voice. And her voice is strong enough that it carries the whole thing. Yes. It's a compliment. Yes. It's not a dig. I... This isn't the episode where I dig at Taylor Swift. We've done that episode. <sighs> Just keep talking, please. It shows her strength as a musician. It certainly does. Yes. Is that all you know? But it has instances of heavy bass drops. And <laughs> and what what is the clicking sound before blank space? Baby? I do love that. I think her explanation for it was that it's meant. I to reckon be... it's a exactly. I think she explained it as being it's meant to evoke clicking a pen to yeah, write your to name write. in the said blank space. When I first heard it, I always took it as being like one of those like. Clickers? No, no, like those motions. Like I picture someone doing like finger guns. Like, oh yeah, yeah, because that's what it sounds like. And, yeah. and it might have just been her going, "I got a blank space, baby." Yeah, and I'll write your name. But like, I can't explain what that is. But I'm sure everyone just made a finger gun and then did it as well, and they get it. So it's sort of just like a e. But no, I comparing it to "You Belong with Me." It definitely shows a crap load of growth. Mm. and a crap load of change and it's all for the better yeah yeah i just and like not just not just musically like lyrically mm-hmm. it's a much clever song much cleverer much cleverer song than you belong with me it's nine forty-three, so this is true so excuse my brain you're on vacation <laughs> brain so you're doing fine <laughs> Well, I'm not doing fine because I didn't realise what remastering was until Taylor Swift told me everything I need to know about life. Um, but no, good observations. I had also that she's got the acoustic guitar in the chorus. She does. It's not there in the verse. Whether or not that was maybe a little throwback to her previous stuff, but probably not. It's probably just putting in an acoustic guitar. I mean, can you picture it with an electric guitar? Yeah, because I've heard the metal versions. Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) Uh, But yes. I agree with you in that it's a very masterful song. Um, Yeah. And just, yeah. Do you have any... Well, you touched on the pen thing. I always found that very delightful. I think I just like how this... And we'll touch on this later on, especially with regards to the video... I like how the song is kind of tongue-in-cheek. Like, it's Mm. basically her being like, you know what, like, you think I'm just this boy crazy serial dating airhead. Like, all right, that's what you're going to get. And she just... And it's like, it's the minute that she addresses that, it's like, you can't fucking hurt me with that anymore. You can't affect me with that because I'm, I'm calling it out, I'm bringing it up, and I'm saying, sure. Yeah. Yes, I've dated a few guys. 
Yeah. You can't you you can't touch me with this anymore. And it seems like it has gotten through. Like it doesn't seem like that's the thing that people talk about now is oh Taylor Swift, she's the girl with seven even evil ex boyfriends or evil exes. <laughs> um Yeah. I just I like that this is like Red was when she started to become well not started necessarily, but she was more sort of so like realized as a musician like self-realization kind of thing 1989 is when she started to turn that gaze back outward and sort of be like haha like yeah she's having a bit of fun while also being self-aware yeah and then of course reputation and now lover like she's just continued to grow in that way but yeah i do like that this was like it was a significant gear shift in terms of sound like it was her first very pop album and with it came some very clever lyrics and concepts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really love the song. I think it just sort of... See, we had the discussion last night about... I I think that she's brought this guy in, the, the love interest, the blank space. Mm. I feel like she's brought him in, but you, you seem to think that he's... The lyrics tell you that he's... Of he's got he's from money. Yes, I sort of think that he's not so much from money, and she's she's paying for his clothes, she's paying to fly him around the world, and now he's sort of very dependent on her. Yeah, until the point that she either loses her mind or gets bored of him and moves on to the next. Yeah, I think you're referring specifically to the lyrics "New Money Shirt and Tie." I can yeah. read you like a magazine, wasn't it? Like so, like. This is new money to him because... Oh, suit and tie, not shirt and tie. New money to him because he's, you know, dating Taylor Swift. Yeah. Whereas... To me, I read it as he comes from new money. So, like... Because I... Was there a point... I think she might have been dating, like, a Kennedy at one point. But, then, like... Yeah, she... Obviously not, like, one how many? Of, how many of them are still all... I don't know. There are... Anyway. Um... Yeah, like, to me, it's sort of like, oh, like, I know exactly the kind of guy you are. Like, you're, you summer in the Hamptons and all that. And you know what? Let's do this. But that sounds more like old money. Uh, Old money's the, you know. This is, see, I'm not as smart as I look, Samuel. Those glasses had me fooled. (laughs) But yeah, like, anyway, that was my read on it. Are you looking up the Kennedy bloodline now? No, I'm, I'm looking... I just want to Wikipedia her and see if it does say, like... Like... Oh, apparently there's been entire, like, lists written of her people... Probably. ...that she's dated. Any, but, yeah. I mean, it was something that even I used to make fun of, like... You know, a new album was coming out. It's like, well, how many guys is she going to talk about in this one? You know, I've, I've made the joke. It's an easy one to make. I think what used to bug me was... And it's unfortunate because she's just gone through another divorce but Adele like Adele whenever she released a new album about like a failed relationship everyone was like oh my god I can relate so hard like eh. and like they felt sympathy for her whereas Taylor releases a song about I don't know something to do with dating everyone's like what the hell <laughs> yeah and I mean anyway. I'm this is coming from a guy who you not like knew next to nothing about like don't listen to any of her songs mm. and i know that you love it but we don't we don't listen to taylor swift together no you listen to taylor slipped slipped taylor <laughs> swift exclusively i certainly do 
I just want to know if that, like, wouldn't it be something if the guy that Adele wrote that album about was just like, girl, we went on like three dates. Mm. Yeah, it's just, and I feel like that's a fair comparison to make because it's too white female musicians. Like, I don't know. Like, it's the the playing field is somewhat level. Adele yeah. probably is on a bit of a lower rung. She not didn't necessarily have that background that Taylor did. Like, her dad didn't bankroll it for her. So, but at the same time, like, in terms of their talent, they're both on level. And I feel like Adele's... Uh, no, because, I mean, when she... Like, Hello was... Hello from the other side was... Took a while. Took a while in between albums or whatever. And when that came out, it was very big, but... Mm. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if her star has kind of shone, 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 shone a bit. Adele's. Yeah. Mm. Oh well. I mean, we've addressed how ridiculously well Taylor Swift's new album has been. So her yeah. star is still shining very brightly. I just I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Um, like it'd still do well, but who know. knows? I think with people like Billie Eilish now, there's listeners are after something different. Mm. Although I don't think Adele really catered to teenage girls. But again, it's just that thing of like at what point or what age does your object of not object, the product of your relationships and your tumultuous times with your exes and that become legitimate? Yeah. Yeah, like, when Taylor wrote this, so, what, 2014, so assuming she wrote it, like, 2013-ish, like, I'm doing the math. She was in her mid-ish, early to mid-twenties, like, she was old enough. Yeah, it's like 24, 25. And then Adele, like, I think Hello was on 21, wasn't it? And Anyway, but, like, what I'm saying is, like, they were more or less on par with one another. Yeah. In terms of where they were at, but somehow... Because Adele marketed towards an older demographic. People were like, oh, that's legitimate. But then for Taylor, they were like, I'll get over it. You'll be fine. Mm. But anyway, that's the end of my pitting women against each other thing, which I always tell myself I shouldn't do. And I generally don't, but I have very strong feelings about Taylor. You do. Mm. That's perfectly reasonable. Shall we talk about the video? Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. <laughs> to just, yeah. It seems like you're fading a bit. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so, the music video was filmed by Joseph Kahn, who is responsible for all of the 1989 and Reputation music videos. Um, and he has also directed a bunch of other in my opinion, at least, iconic music videos, including Eminem's Without Me, Britney Spears' Toxic and Stronger, Muse's Knights of Sidonia, Destiny's Child's Say My Name, Backstreet Boys' Everybody, parentheses, Backstreet's Back, and Larger Than Life, uh, Maroon 5's Misery, and one of our faves, Blink-182's Always. Mm. Um, Those those would be Backstreet Boys' two biggest film clips yeah that's what it like he has done some pivotal pop culture moments in terms of music videos like he was responsible for them somewhat and i think one thing i really like about 
Joseph Kahn's work is like, especially with these videos, there is a real element of like the surreal to them. Yeah. Like it isn't just band playing in front of like backdrop of something or like person walking around pensively. Uh, like it, he doesn't play on tropes necessarily. Um, and there's, yeah, there's always like this sort of real sense of taking a concept and like dialing it up to a hundred. Yeah. Like, I think about, like, Toxic, for example. Like, that is such a bonkers music video. It's so good. I haven't seen it, but Are we will... Are you kidding me? We will talk about it. It was probably on video hits. Well, it would have been on video hits at some point, just whether or not I was watching video hits at the time. I am going to show you after this. Well, we'll be talking about it at some point anyway. I know, but it's that good. You need to see it now. But then, like, yeah, Eminem's Without Me, like, the whole comic book sort of thing. Like... Please tell me yeah. you've seen Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, Maroon 5's Misery is a really good video. Like, just a lot of, uh, like, violent kind of elements to it, but, like, really stylized. Like, and there's just this, yeah. Anyway, like, he's very good at doing, like, these sort of shots that feel very kinetic and, like, mm. it's, yeah. He's just, he's fucking good. And then he also did the film Detention, which is... One of my low-key faves. Mm. Um, and he also did one, Bodied, that came out last year, I think, um, which was received received critical acclaim. I haven't seen it yet. But, like, he's just... He's brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you want to describe the video? I feel like you're going to be much better suited at it than I am. It's beautifully shot. Yeah. To put it, To put it simply, just... Everything about it is pristine mm. until a certain point. Yes. Um, beautiful location, beautiful people in their immaculate clothing. Mm-hmm. Which And it has this thing of like, it's definitely set in the current time because, you know, she he has a, he has a smartphone. Yeah. But everything else about it has like this old feel to it. You know, they're, they're dressed in sort of... Kind of old clothes. Like when she's in her bathing suit, it's like a bathing suit from the 50s or 60s. Yeah. He's yeah. driving in an old car. Yeah. You know, it just... it Very yeah. sort of Gatsby. It's old money. Apparently, I forgot to write this down, but the location which... Ah! Sorry, guys. Here you go. Um, apparently, the location that they filmed it at... Uh, can you keep riffing for a sec? Downton Abbey. No. Um, so, yeah, just pristine locations. Um, as I said, up until a point, and that point is when she notices that he's texting someone on the phone, or he's on his phone, and that's the point where it's like, oh no, you can't be doing that. And so she starts to flip the fuck out. Yeah. She starts to lose her mind. And so, like, you know, she's painted a portrait of him. Now she's, like, drawing crosses on the eyes and, like, sad faces and stabbing that with a knife and and she starts i that's one of my favorite bits in the video is when she's just like her actions is she's just like frenetically cutting his clothing but then like the comedy of it is that it's actually like you know like the the nipples on his or the the part of the the nipples on his shirt have been cut out very mean girls but oh yeah very mean girls but also there's like Another one of his other shirts has been like very like it doesn't match the actions. Like she's just like Arr! 
start with the scissors. Yeah. But then, like, it's, like, these nice, like, sort of, like, people. The chain. Yeah. Like, what you would do when you'd fold up a piece of paper. Yeah. And then the same... And it's, it's, it works well as, the you know, a comedy bit. Like, he's just looking at the shirt, like, what the fuck? And then the his pants have been cut as well and they just drop and he doesn't seem to notice the pants and he just kind of walks off yeah and it just i don't know that makes me that makes me laugh a little bit just like he doesn't he's so bothered by the shirt that he doesn't notice the pants yeah have been cut yeah. in half so what i was looking up while you saved the show thank you for that uh so the location that they filmed this at so oweka castle i think it's pronounced also known as the otto Kahn estate um, so it's a hotel located on the north shore of Long Island in West Hills, New York, uh, a hamlet in the town of Huntington, Jesus, Huntington, New York. Um, it was according to Wikipedia, I'm just reading verbatim because I don't give a fuck. Uh, it was the country home of investment financier, financier and philanthropist Otto Ehrman Kahn. I'm picking no relation to Joseph no. and his family. But what I wanted to point out was, in terms of the pop culture element of this location, Aweka served as a partial inspiration for Gatsby's estate. Ah. So again, like, just yeah. very evocative of, like, the whole Gatsby, like, thing. Yeah. Imagery. Um, and yeah, like, I just, I love that the video is very, like, opulent and very considered and polished and fairy tale esque but then it does have that underlying thing of, like, sinister, like, tumultuous kind of relationships. Yeah. It, um, it was also in the 1941 film Citizen Kane, which is an absolute classic of a film. Well, I, I think this is the new Citizen Kane. Oh, that's a pretty bold (laughs) statement. That's, um, that was, what's his face's best work? Orson Welles. Mm. And he was like 27 when he wrote that film. And I'm like, fuck you for being that. It's the same with Paul Thomas Anderson, director of Boogie Nights. Fuck you for being that talented at that young of an age. Fuck you. How fucking dare you? Can we stop swearing at directors now? Uh, It's a good swear. It's like, it's like you're that good um it's definitely when you rewatch it it also sorry just readjusting <laughs> sam's um, gearing up to say something really profound it will definitely you watch it again and it's it definitely builds to a sense of dread as well because yeah. you i mean i probably wouldn't have noticed it on my first but it's just besides the animals it's just the two of them yeah. yeah. And and you're assuming that they're in this estate probably miles away from someone else. Yeah. Because that's how it goes. You build your estate because you don't want to be near people. Yeah. And they're miles away from people and she's starting to get, you know, dangerous. <laughs> to the point that we don't know if she maybe killed the guy. Yeah. Um, But no, it does it really well. Like, you watch it and it's like... And, because she does have like little moments where she like looks at the camera. Yeah. Like she knows what she's going to do. She's yeah. no she knows what she's capable of and she knows where it's going. She knows that it's going to end badly. Yeah. And you know, that's it's even in the song. It's, it's in the song like I've got a blank space and I'm going to write your name. Yeah. You know, I I I have time for you. Very calculated. Yeah. Like... And it is. It's 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 very good and it could it 
you know, they, it, it's played for laughs the whole time. Oh, yeah. But it could at the same time be very much played for for almost like horror. Like yeah. a little thriller of a of a film clip. Like it could be it could be done that way. Yeah. And I think she could pull that off as well. Absolutely. Um Yeah, I and I don't know like why there's a deer in one of the scenes with her. I just think it kind of represents purity or something. Mm. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Isn't there like a horror movie where something's to do with woodland creatures or something? Well, there's that deer scene in Get Out. That's right. Anyway. No, actually, that's not what I was thinking of. Anyway. Uh, in terms of what Taylor and Joseph themselves said about the video. So, in an interview with Enemy, Taylor noted, I painted a whole picture of this character. She lives in a mansion with marble floors and she wears Dolce & Gabbana around the house. She wears animal print unironically, and so I created this whole character and I had fun doing it. And then Joseph Kahn, he, in an interview with Mashable, said that Taylor is highly aware of one particular thing that's happening right now. The idea that if you date her and you break up with her, she's going to write a song about you. Taylor wanted to make a video addressing the concept of, if she has so many boys breaking up with her, maybe the problem isn't the boy. Maybe the problem is her. Yes. Yeah. That's something that I very much... That's something that I very much... Not appreciate, but it's like... At the, at a certain point, maybe if you have so many failed relationships, maybe you're not entirely the victim. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're a little bit hard to be in a relationship with. And I think, like, for me, especially within the context of the bands and the songs I used to listen to growing up, I find it interesting that it takes a woman supported by a dude in Joseph to put forward this narrative where people do interrogate that idea of like, maybe it's not the other person. Like Mm. that's when people start to consider that as a, as a possibility. Again, not someone who listened to her, not someone who's listened to her stuff and I'm not going to listen to her stuff. How dare you? But would you, did she perhaps play the victim a little bit in her earlier stuff? Like in breakup songs and that sort of stuff, like I think we all do at that age, though. When we break up with someone, it's not our that, fault, and that is true. Like you do reflect on it when you're older, like yeah, all right, yeah, no, maybe I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I've done the same. We, I've been like, you know what, I was actually really out of line, and yeah, and I like you know, part of the reason why I don't speak to anyone from high school anymore is because I didn't really reach out to them yeah. when I when I didn't re- when at the time I was like, no, they should be reaching out to me. Yeah, and it's like, well, no, that's a two way street. But yeah. So, yeah, to me, I find it interesting that it takes this kind of scenario for people to be like, hmm, when, like, I don't know, all the bands and all the songs I listened to were dudes being like, oh, like, all these women keep breaking my heart and it's all their fault. Mm. So, just an interesting little tidbit for you guys to ruminate on. So, just a couple of last bits that I liked. Yes. Um... Favourite bit is when she stabs the cake and it starts oh, to bleed. so good. Because it's just this, this beautiful looking white cake and she's just sitting in bed in a nightie and she just stabs it and it just starts to bleed. And I can't remember how you, you do that. I assume it's just like the they make the outside of the cake or something. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Practical effects. I'll get Tom Savini on the line. Tom Savini did like all the makeup effects and everything for like Jason from the Friday the 13th movies and like mm-hmm. zombie films. He's a practical effect wizard. Yes. 
Um, yes. There was something else you wanted to know? I, I just think that was very vivid and imaginative and evocative of broken hearts. Yes. Bleeding hearts. Um, what did she do to the apple? Can I fit? Sorry, you. So there's a bit where she's she's fiddling around with an apple. Yes. She spins it on her finger and stuff, and then at at another point, the love interest you don't see him bite into it, but he's just spitting the apple out. I I don't know because one of the last shots is he's passed out next to his car. Yeah. And she sort of bites his lip, kind of thing. Well, she kisses him and bites his lip. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm thinking sedatives, but it's it's just sinister. Like it's the horse peed on it. Can I please finish my Joseph Kahn quotes now? Yes, but I've got one more thing. You you no, go. You, you go now. You go. You finish Joseph no, Kahn. No, you go. So there's a bit where they where they're carving their names into the tree. Yeah. I would have liked when she's freaking out and she starts chopping the tree down. At some, like, they should have zoomed out and there should have been many chopped down trees. That would have been funny. Yes. Probably would have been an easy gag, but at the same time, would have, you know. There's a reason why there's tropes. Yeah. Because they work well. Yeah. Like. You know, even rule of three, like three trees or whatever. But I don't know. Yes. Continue. So, another um, observation that Joseph had about the whole process of making the video was that. When Taylor called him up, I guess with the brief or just to get him on board, he notes, I was watching a clockwork orange. Not that this is Kubrick or anything like that, but there's a lot of symmetry and symmetrical framing in there. And he notes, for instance, at the beginning, I think there's two horses or something. There's two deer, two something. Well, they ride two yeah, horses. Yeah, but just very sort of like twin kind of... Yeah. Like the Shining-esque kind of elements. Mm. Um. And then, lastly, the part where Taylor goes off and beats the car up with a golf club. Um, that was a nod to the whole Tiger Woods scandal. Oh, uh, yeah, because she went, she went wild on his car yeah. with, a, with a golf club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, just very sort of drumming that tongue-in-cheek element of it. Like, just... This is what jilted ex-lovers do, and I'm crazy, according to the media. So yeah. here we are. Yeah, you're gonna call me crazy. I like crazy. Yeah. Don't 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 act surprised when I act crazy. Yeah, this is what happens when you call me crazy. Yeah. Um, I we're gonna have to edit this bit out. You got all week next week to edit, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh. Before we move on, we should note crazy is a probo kind of term in terms of mental health awareness. Did I say crazy? We both did. Okay. But that's the thing, it's like... Maybe we can just put a thing at the start, like, about mental health or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In terms of the kind of commentary or reception that the video got, uh, Jessica Valenti wrote for The Guardian about the video and described it as a sort of dystopian fairy tale, which I think is a perfect way of putting it. Mm. Uh, It's a world where the narrow and sexist caricatures attached to women are acted out for our amusement, being women's amusement, their full ridiculousness on display. And that's just a perfect way to sum it up, in my opinion. It's also 
like, yeah, the fairy tale, the fantasy, that whole thing of like, you know, as she said, like, she's this woman who lives in this marble house and she wears Dolce Gabbana, Dolce yeah. and Gabbana around the house. Like, yeah. I don't, she, and, and going back to the thing of like, she, that's definitely a character that yeah. she's playing yeah. and she does it well. Yeah. Um, it is that little bit of a fantasy as well. Like who wouldn't want to live in a house like that? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to have those clothes in that car? And... Yeah. And like, I know that it's been done before, but like, I do love that concept of throwing critiques of women back at the people who did them. Yeah. Like, Paramore have a really good song. It's um, not one of those crazy girls, I think it's called, or just parentheses, one of those, and then in parentheses, crazy girls. And it's basically Haley being like, I'm not one of those crazy girls. But she's saying, like, if you leave me, like, I'm going to follow you down and, like, find your house and, like, mm. rifle through all your stuff and, like, Basically just her detailing, like, a bit of a, like, breakdown, I suppose, in terms of, like, oh, like, I'm a jilted lover and now I'm going to go and destroy everything. But because I'm not... that's what women do when they've been heartbroken. Like... But I'm also not one of those crazy girls. Yes. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It is a very good trope. And that is all. Yeah. Good, good all round. <sighs> ten out of ten. Yeah. I am... Fading. Yeah. Do you want to keep going? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Let's at least get I Prevail done. Yeah. See how we go after that. Alright. So, I need to sneeze. I'm apparently not. Thank you. Our son has been very cute. He is. Mm. Alright. So, now that we have talked at length lengthy length about taylor and her ver- or the original of blank space sam i'm going to hand over the mic to you even though you have your own mic that you're talking into <laughs> can you introduce us to the cover please i'm going to point at your mic yes. and you can talk now yes <laughs> so it was on punk goes pop volume six but it was a bonus track mm-hmm. um I believe that it actually, they released it on their YouTube page. They also released it as a track on their album Heart vs. Mind, which I think was also 2014. So it kind of makes me wonder if they released it and Fearless was like, hey, that's a good cover. Because they are on Fearless, yeah. I think they are. I believe they are. Yeah. So I get, yeah, I guess they were kind of like, you know what, this works. Like, Yeah. But just like, um... Yeah, just like, hey, maybe would you mind putting this... Would you mind if we take this and you also want to be on our label? I don't know. Would you, Can you please tell us about the band? They formed in Southfield, Michigan in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely late because I was getting fusing Michigan with Massachusetts and I was like, well... <laughs> And I was like, you can tell I'm tired because I don't want to do the the Boston accent tonight. But jeez, oh, but it's not that. No, they're, they're close to Canada, so uh, they gained <laughs> they gained popularity after posting the blank space cover to YouTube on December first, two thousand and fourteen. Uh, they are signed to Fearless, and unlike last week's band of Mice and Men, they still have both their vo- vo- vocalists. <laughs> 
you are not hearing wrong. You're, you did not receive an error in your transmission. That was an actual... That was actually my vocals. Can you finish off the note that you put for yourself in there? <laughs> like baby teeth. <laughs> you, you could tell I was sitting there, like, writing out this thing, and, and, and I noticed that, and I'm like... <laughs> on the laptop, and now you're editing it. I'm just removing a superfluous dot point. Uh-uh. Continue. <laughs> Continue. We have an audience to keep entertained. Um, so this is kind of a Punk Goes Pod first, I believe, for mm-hmm. us. Maybe not the last, but uh, I Prevail's cover of Blank Space reached number nine on the US Hot Rock Songs chart. Hot Rock Songs chart. A chart which is currently being dominated by Panic at the Disco. And it also reached number 23 on the US Mainstream Rock chart. So, yeah, interesting that this, I believe, so far, is the first cover yeah. to chart. Not ever, but, like, the first one. No, no, but, like, yeah. the one... No, <laughs> no, and it's also the first that we've covered. Yeah. First cover that we're covering. Because that's the thing, like, I just generally take it as a rule, like, if a band does a cover, it's not to chart it anywhere. It's just... No, And, yes, but, there are yes. exceptions, but, like, in this realm of music, you generally don't... Trying to think of what the last the, the last one that comes to mind was Disturbed's sound of the sick, uh, sound of the sickness. <laughs> I think we need to get Richard onto that. Yeah, Richard, when you hear this, sound of the sickness. <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> I forgot nothing. Sound no. of the sickness. That's the best thing I'll ever come up with. When. Disturbed did Simon and Garfunkel's Sound of Silence. Yes. Which I really did not like that cover no. song. But my mother did. <laughs> she, was, she was like, oh, have you heard this band Disturbed? Oh, goodness. I was like, yeah. Imagine if your mum was just a massive Disturbed head. That would be hilarious. I told you that my... I spoke about it on the pod. My mum liked Marilyn Manson. Yeah, that's true. For a while. She thought Sweet Dreams and... Um, Beautiful people were, yeah. were great. Both covers. Uh, beautiful people's not. Depeche Mode. Wait. No, they no. did. They did Personal Jesus. <laughs> by Depeche. But he, he also did, did Personal Jesus, didn't he? Personal Jesus was Depeche Mode, and he did Personal Jesus. Yes. The, the beautiful people is a Marilyn Manson yes, song. Yes, I apologize. I got it mixed up with okay. thingy. I think. Can you need... get out of my throat now, please? I think we need to stop recording. <laughs> I think we're fucking dying. Yeah, maybe. What do you reckon? Do you want to take the laptop with us to Marysville and do it tomorrow night? Could do that. Yeah? Yeah. All right. You don't want to do it. <laughs> and we are back. First ever two-parter episode. We took longer than we had planned a few days, but hey, for you, it's just a couple seconds. Yeah, yep. that's the beauty of editing. We saw some things over the weekend, some love, some nature. We did. But we're not here to talk about that. We'll talk about that now. Love and Nature podcast. Coming soon. At uh, it, it podcasts near you. <laughs> <laughs> At all fine podcast retailers. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about there's this moment in Katy Perry's part of me. Documentary. I don't know. What? 
I was, I was being an idiot. I was like, I know that. <laughs> and she has just been, like, unceremoniously dumped by Russell Brand. What an asshole. Um, and she's, like, just in tears, and she's about to go on stage, and they're like, we can call this off, like, but I feel like you would feel bad. Like, basically saying, like, you can call it off, but I reckon you should just do it if you can. And so then she, like, pulls herself together and goes... And that's how I feel every now and then when <laughs> you sit down to record, except I'm not crying. I just really want to have a nap instead. <laughs> well, the nap will be your reward. This is true. Didn't he also break up with her over text? Yeah. And they were married? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, fucked. It, so awful. Like, ugh, no. The only time you're allowed to break up with someone via text is when you're 14 years old and you've been dating for a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only... If you're 15 and you've only been dating someone for a day, forget about it. No. Nah. Still have to do it in Still person, face-to-face. It face. It's just etiquette. Yeah. Even a phone call. Ugh. Wow. Anyway. Well, yeah. we will cover that when we talk about Katy Perry at some point. We should do a Part of Me style doco that just shows me whinging at you about how much I want to go to sleep. <laughs> and me just, just making stupid-ass jokes and you just like... <laughs> Just rubbing your brow, just like, oh my god, yep. this, is, this is what I live with. That would be the worst doco ever. What was that? Oh, that's my phone. Samuel has uh, purchased a new phone and does not know how to use it yet, because it keeps making oh, noise. It wants to tell me that tr- the trashy subreddit is trending at the moment. Bully for my phone. May I please have your phone? I'm going to turn all the sounds off on it. I've turned it on silent. Okay. So where were we? So we were about to talk about our thoughts on I Prevail's cover of Blank Space. Excellent. And I think it's good. No, I like it. It has a good bob your head to it kind of beat. Mm-hmm. First off, yep. Yeah, I think that that, um, yeah, like I said, like it's got that sort of just like very rhythmic, very sort of meticulous kind of just did it, did it did it kind of beat that you can just go oh yeah mm-hmm. head's going it's got the distorted guitar it's chunky for those crunchy. of you playing at home sam is bobbing his head as he says this they would only know that if they're looking through our window which hello if you're looking through our window yeah helen might be watching oh yeah maybe oh, fuck, we'll need to edit that out you'll sorry. need to edit that out yes yes because you're doing the editing mm-hmm. this week um I kind of feel as though this is the best uh, mashup of the clean and harsh vocals. Yeah, I think he's got he's got a the lead the clean singer um, has a good. What am I trying to say? The clean singer has like he's his voice is very good, but it's like it's also not. It's possibly the deepest we've covered in this style of music. Yeah, because they're usually quite, like, high, sort yeah. of easily. Like, Especially the last Taylor Swift song where it was, like, Newfound Glory meets fucking Whitechapel or whatever, which is just a horrible yeah. combination. Yeah, um, two awful tastes that taste awful together. Yeah. Newfound Glory are okay. Anyway. Oh, I mean, Whitechapel's good if you're into deathcore, so. I was into Whitechapel for a while. There's a photo of me wearing a Whitechapel shirt on our wall <laughs> what a nerd no i'm just kidding <laughs> all right glasses <laughs> yeah true 
right. we were at a wedding yesterday and being silly in the photo booth and Sam took my glasses and put them on so he looked dorky and then as That's we were so about... handsome oh devastatingly handsome I had that Clark Kent thing going you you did you can yeah. rock some glasses <laughs> but then as we were about to exit the photo booth van I was like excuse me can I please have my glasses back I need to see they are not just a fashion accessory even though I do wear them very well some might say mm-hmm but the harsh vocals as well, it's not so much a growl, it's more like a yell. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it it's not like it's too deep. Yeah. And that's where I feel like this combination works very well. It, it does. It's yeah. not it's not too jarring to go from one to the other. Yeah. And they use the the the, the growls, the yells, whatever you want to call it, the screams. In strategically in the proper places, yes. you know the build-ups, the the bridges, and yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like it's a good song, like good rendition, I should say. Um, I again, uh, I really need to get my shit together. Like, I do not know much about I Prevail, but from what we've listened of theirs, like, I feel like I would have enjoyed them quite a lot. Yeah as a teen yeah and and like, i'm not trying to throw you under any buses or anything it's definitely i i get the feeling you're maybe starting to tire a little bit of these kinds of bands that we're covering it's just not my thing but at the same time that doesn't mean i should just write it off completely no i think it's just more when it goes into like these guys like you said it's a good balance like it isn't just like for like four mm. minutes like you can understand what he's saying yeah well i mean because we know what he's saying because he's you know singing lyrics that have already been established by someone who sings it clean so what was that sorry i was on <laughs> sorry what are you looking at your phone for can we pause for a sec yeah like um but Vocally, what I have a gripe with is they only use one gang vocal, and it's very short. <laughs> I can always deal with more gang vocals. Can you imagine a song that was just entirely gang vocals? That would sound so silly. That's a choir. <laughs> That's a cappella. Uh... Why do you like this? I'm sorry. Sam I... just felt it appropriate to extend his leg and sit it on my mic stand, otherwise known as just an IKEA chair. And he tipped over everything in the process, including my patience. <laughs> when we will get I feel like we this should just be so short, but we're making it so much unnecessarily longer. We are is that still recording? Yeah. Good. Okay. I one of the other things that I like is I feel like the chorus has a good build in the guitars. Yeah. It sort of it it sort of starts starts low and like progressively gets higher and higher even though it sounds like it's in a minor key. Yeah, I wanted to confirm that with you because I feel like if I go ahead and say it's in a minor key then it won't be. Well, I'm just going to say I think it's in a minor key. I, you know, I did guitar for so many years but I didn't have that ear for like, yep, I can pick out this tune or this chord yeah. or this note. See, I didn't do music except for tabs, and I was bad at it. That was pretty much it for me as well. Yeah. I started off learning notes, and then my original guitar teacher was like, I'm going to teach you guitar tabs, and you're never going to want to learn notes again. And I was at the time, I was like, okay. 
Uh, or maybe I was that terrible at note reading that it was like, let's just do the really simple way. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, could do with more gang vocals. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I I don't have any opinion on the gang vocals. I think I... I just... I like that it has that darker quality to it. But not to the same extent as the You Belong With Me one that we did. Like, this one still has its sort of sinister undertones, but not to the same degree. Especially because they do the same thing. They they turn the genders around. They do. And I don't know, I, it seems more aggressive in yeah. a way. Like, You Belong With Me was a girl who thought that she was looking at a boy, she had a crush on him and was just like, you know, we have similarities, you know, we're friends, I love you, we should be together. Whereas this, it's like, you know, when a guy is sort of aggressively saying, girls only want love when it's torture, don't say I didn't warn you. It's like, it's... And look, you can say the same thing about about her version. Like, boys only want love when it's torture. Like, no. Yeah. Not really. And, you know, there's, it's, I guess it's sort of calling both out a little bit. Yeah. I think that in particular, to me, the phrase or the thing that springs to mind is that common, common, like saying I'm making inverted quotes with my fingers, inverted, oh fuck, I'm making quote marks with my fingers and it's that men are afraid that women will laugh at them women are afraid that men will kill them and that's the thing like he again it's the same it's the growly guy has the the you know the line who is he who is he yeah i what is it i get drunk off jealousy yeah and it's like how many how many women who have gone through domestic violence have you know had to have heard the lines who is this guy that you're talking to on facebook who is this guy that that you are talking about that you went to work with yeah, actually, you know what? The more I think about it, this one is more sinister. It is, it is. Yeah. And, like, musically, it's great. Yeah. Again, they just could have done the same thing where they could have just kept it as it was. And it seems like every... This was harder to find. Like, every male that covers this song, they have to turn it around and be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm a man. Because, yeah, they have to have the upper hand. They can't subvert themselves or, like... Yeah, yeah. We we spoke about this sort of in length with the "You Belong with Me" version. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It just it has a to me it has a more aggressive bent to it than that one. Yeah, which takes on a more sinister tone. It look if they were gonna make it sort of like a thing about domestic violence, then cool. Like, like uh, domestic violence awareness. <laughs> We'll need to re-record that bit. Do you want us to take it from the top? If they were going to make it a thing about domestic violence awareness, mm. then that that's one thing. You know, like Red Jumpsuit Apparatus did it yeah. with Face Down. Yeah. And and it was. It was a sort of big thing like, oh, hey, they're talking about this thing. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe and, it's... Yeah. And, like, obviously that's not their intention with it, but it's just, again, that mindset of this kind of scene where, like... Yeah. It is still trying to shake off that entitlement that especially was huge in, like, the 2000s. Yeah. And, yeah, I could just rant about it forever, but I won't because you've all heard it before. And, like, this isn't to say that they don't have their causes because we watched the 
we watched and heard the the song Breaking Down by I Prevail. Yes. And it's about depression. Yeah. And, you know, and he says at the end, you know, X amount of people suffer from depression every year and I'm one of them. And that's the, that's the singer. Yeah. That's yep. the clean singer saying that. And I don't know, I feel like that kind of also gets it a bit wrong with the film clip, how, you know, it it gets it to a point and then like the best bit is when he's in the shower there's a scene where he's in the shower and the water just starts coming out and it's black. Yeah. And it's just, it's sort of submerging him in this in this mess and just bringing him down. Yeah. And, but then it sort of gets a bit silly because he starts taking antidepressants and I can't tell if it's saying that antidepressants are good or not because he just has this then vacant smile throughout yeah. the rest of it. And he... Yeah, I don't know. I don't... It, it's like he shrugs off other things. It's like he shrugs off the world. Yeah. And that's not quite what it's like. And especially if you're saying that you suffer from it, you should have a better idea of what it's like. Uh, yeah, and it's a dangerous path to take of that whole, like, framing antidepressants as a... Oh, like, shit just got real. He's taken meds. Like, he's on meds and things are a bit dulled now and things are a bit glossed over. Like... No. No. Like... It's not uh, how it works. Uh, I was I, can't, I was listening to a podcast. Or, no, there was something I was at the other day. And someone was like, you have to... You're like, you'll all have to forgive me. I've just come off my meds and I'm feeling a bit scattered. Mm. And again, like, live your truth. Do what you want. But at the same time, it's like, fully get it. But also, to me, the message I got from that was, but it'll be so much worth it in the so much more like I will be better off for not being on medication because you shouldn't be on medication like mm. I don't know and that's a really sore point for me because there is a lot of stigma around taking antidepressants but it's like well it's a chemical imbalance in your brain of course you'd want to treat it yeah. like a chemical thing to be fixed anyway they moving along they also had a they made a video for this. They did. But it's a pretty standard, you know, um, studio performance. I mm-hmm. guess it's just them, like I said, performing in a studio. My favourite bit is that the... I don't know if he's the lead guitarist or the... One of the guitarists has one of those beanies with the cap. Yeah. With the peak. Yep. I love that because I had one of those when I was like 16. Honestly, what dude didn't have one of those when they were 16? Uh uncool dudes this is true i i loved it i'm sorry i'm, I'm just gonna look up because someone also spliced the their version with the film clip to taylor swift's um mm-hmm. we'll you'll just i'll edit this out yeah would you mind pausing the recording if it's gonna take a while hang on So the YouTube user Fledgehole spliced the the song and bits of the I Prevail film clip with the actual Taylor Swift film clip. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't have much else to say besides, yeah, it's pretty good. It, yeah, I think because the aesthetic of 
Khan's work for the original video does ha- again have that sinister yeah. undertone to it. It does work really well with this version. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So cool. Yes. On to other covers. Mm-hmm. And speaking about bands that actually keep the pronouns. Yep. Imagine Dragons did a cover of this. They did. They did a cover of this while what would you say they did? They used the backing track, the 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 tune to Stand By Me by uh, Ben E. King. So yeah, they use the music composition, I guess, from yeah. Stand By Me and then overlay that with the blank space vocals and vocal melody. But they did it Lyrics, um, I should say. They performed it live on the Spotify exclusive sessions. Spotify sessions exclusive, pardon me. Yes. Um and yeah, it's it's it works well. Yeah. I it, it gives it a sort of bluesy vibe. Yeah. It's good. It. And again, this was probably the I looked through a lot of covers. This is the only band where they keep the pronouns. You know, he's ha- he's very happy to say uh, he's very happy to say you're my king and I'm your queen in it. Yeah. He has no problem with that. I had a, I did have an issue with that hearing dudes say I don't like hearing people call themselves royalty. Why? So when I hear dudes say yeah I'm the king or we're the king it takes me back to DJ Khaled when he talked about in like 2015 when he talked about he wouldn't perform Cunnilingus on his wife. And he's like nah men just shouldn't do that we're the king. Oh god. And then girls calling themselves queen just makes me think of Yas Queen. Yeah. Which isn't that taken from... Isn't that straight girls taking that from drag queens? Yeah, it's taking it from um, LGBTQ yeah. culture. Yeah. So, I don't know. Unless you're an actual king or queen, don't call yourself king or queen. <laughs> or your last name is king or queen. Okay. There we go. But no, I like the Imagine Dragons version. Kind of didn't expect myself to like the Imagine Dragons version. Mainly because Griffin McElroy doesn't like Imagine Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Griffin McElroy has indeed shaped a lot of our world opinions. Or at least mine. Um, Yeah, I really like the Imagine Dragons one. Again, I think because it does keep those pronouns as they are. And it does have this gentler sound. Despite the message and intent of the original song like it isn't like a cutesy thing there's something about just this arrangement and the way it all works together it does make it just sound like a cute kind of love song like i don't feel any sense of like trepidation listening to it like it's just oh you know us like we can be a bit crazy sometimes but we do love each other and that's what matters like yeah yeah. or i will love someone else soon enough but it'll be fine (laughs) Sure, why not? Um, Yeah, and the Stand By Me part tripped you up. You're like, no, this is Stand By Me. I was like, just wait. Yes. (laughs) I like feeling clever. I like picking up on You are clever. You're very clever, but sometimes it's nice to be like, at the moment, like, yeah. I'm sorry, but if I were to find something and you immediately understood the reference, I wouldn't be like, but just wait! <laughs> like, <laughs> I had no idea that you wanted that reveal to be made to me. 
It was a big moment, all right? Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and then, of course, he does a little bit of the, the bridge to Stand By Me, I think it is. Stand, the, the bridge. I don't know. It's part the of chorus. Stand By Me. The chorus. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it goes well together. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah. Done. Let's move on to the next. Yes. Father John Misty. I f- this is not a good version. <laughs> I fucking hate this one. So the idea of Father John Misty's cover is that it is in the style of the Velvet Undergrounds. I'm waiting for the man. And I just, I hate it. I got Bob Dylan, but I also yeah. I also have never listened to the Velvet Underground. So... I've only listened to, like, maybe one or two songs, but even, like, it just, it does my head in. Because it's just, like, sort of jangly guitars or like a and it's just kind of it does not seem like it's in at all any kind of cohesive rhythm and it's none of it sort of seems to go together it feels like everything is definitely purposeful and it's clever but i don't like it yeah i just i don't know it was just one of those things like it just didn't work with my brain as a whole and it just made me angry like there are some things where it can be disjointed enough that it just sort of makes sense in some bizarro way but this was not one of those things no and it just upset me so much i wish he had never in- introduced this into the world again i was just getting that kind of bob dylan these sort of way that he sings the songs I, I don't. yeah i never really got into bob dylan so that's my best bob dylan impression yeah well done should we talk about some shit before we before we move on to our last cover that's actually pretty decent? Yeah, so our second to last cover is Ryan Adams's cover, which comes off his entire cover album of 1989. Um, at the time it was released, I thought it was brilliant. Ryan has done some masterful covers in the past, including one of Wonderwall by Oasis, which was used on the OC soundtrack, so... A lot of people my age would know that and be like, oh, of course. Like, But Ryan Adams has proven himself to be a bit of a shit person. So there's been abuse allegations that came out earlier this year against him. Um, and he's just not a very nice guy. No. So that's why we're not going to actually play his version. No. Um, I have decided instead of playing... One of his songs, one of his covers, is that I will instead insert a snippet of Phoebe Bridges' music here because she was allegedly slighted by him and is still coming out the other side as a powerful, wonderful woman and musician. So, and Phoebe Bridges should have a sword. That is all. I think we should all have swords. I think so. No. Screw Ryan Adams. Yeah. That might be defamation. We might need to just clip that. But, yeah, no, someone who basically worked off the back of someone else's success and that success, that person being a woman and then this person's, you know, allegedly terrible to women. Mm. You know, no, we don't want to. We don't want to endorse that, but it's big enough that we should talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, our final one is by a band called 21-2. And you were saying that they're Swedish? They are Swedish. Which is cool. a long lineage of Swedish punk bands. 
Including? Melancholin. Ah, wonderful, yes. Uh, I believe No Use for a Name. Mm-hmm. No Use for a Name? No, not No Use for a Name. Was that band the Rasmus Swedish? They sound Swedish. That, oh. But were they punk? I thought so. Oh, oh. Um, of, like the best Swedish punk band ever. Refused. Ref- oh, of course. Refused is so good. I can't understand when people are like... Like, people who listen to punk music and when they don't like Refused, I don't get it. Yeah. But I guess because they're a little bit... They are a bit more alternative. Yeah, but, like, that's what... I don't know. I like that they are a bit more dynamic than just a three to four chords and a drum beat kind of thing. Yeah. And that's not reducing down the rest of the punk movement, but just, yeah, I like that there's a bit of an experimental side to what they do. Yeah, no, me too. I dig it, because it's almost like, yeah, kind of like a proggy, sometimes kind of close to metal-y sort of sound. Yeah. Uh, The Accidents. Do we cover The Accidents at some point? I don't think so. No? Okay, never mind. Let's move on from The Accidents then. So what did you think of the 21-2 cover? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, basically I've got it (laughs) My only note is it ticks all pop-punk boxes. Oh, I agree. To me, it sort of sounds like uh, like pre-Anima of the State era Blink, yeah. if they had covered the song yeah. in like an alternate alternate universe. Um, obviously, Blink heads will be like, fuck you, that, that's not true. But there's just something about the musical arrangement of it, just the very like consistent like... Like, no fun at all was the band I was thinking of. Ah, yeah. There's also a Swedish punk band called just called Noice, as in N O I C E. Yeah, Noice. Is that a language thing or? Do oh, you... I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, no. It just again it ticks off all the boxes. Has some palm muting, lots of power chords. It has. I don't know what that that effect was on the microphone. What that's called, but it's like. I don't know. It it it's it, he puts it in at the and I'll write your name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like maybe we should put that part in so that that, that it's knowing so that everyone knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that effect is called. It just kind of sounds like you're in like a very tinny room. But oh I, yeah. But I feel like a lot of you know punk bands in the late 90s, early 2000s, we're using that effect at some and, point. And that's it, exactly it. It's like it takes you back to that specific era. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, very cleverly done. I think that's basically what they do is they just, yeah, they they have a love for this sort of music and yeah, they just want to keep it going. Yeah, and it keeps it light and playful the way that Taylor intended it. Like Yeah. Like a winking sort of sense of irony, but n- not this really creepy sort of undertone that comes out of some of the other covers. No, like he's got his he's got his trucker cap on backwards. Hell yeah, he does. I remember I wanted a trucker cap one year for my birthday and Did you get that trucker cap? I got a trucker cap, but I didn't like it. That's very sad. I should have just gone and got one myself. You should have. Yeah. Oh well. I reckon we should wrap this up. Quit while <sighs> we're still ahead. Yeah, quit where we are. <laughs> yeah, just I'm not going to say we're ahead. Just quit. <laughs> so next week we will be covering another acoustic version of a punk song. So we will be looking at Coalesce's song Blue Collar Lullaby, 
God, say that ten times real quick. Blue collar lullaby, 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 blue collar lullaby. That was nine. Blue collar lullaby, goodbye. Bye. It pudding, 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 it pudding.